to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. You know, last episode, I called the fall 2023 season cursed, and I think I stand by the statements that we made at the time, but having now watched a bunch of uh, shows in the new season, there's actually quite a few interesting things to talk about. Maybe even a few good shows? Question mark? Um, but, you know, we'll get into all of that. Uh, and, of course, since this is a, you know, seasons mean nothing anymore, and we still had last season shows running while the new season was starting, we'll have a couple parting words to say from the summer season as well. But before we get into all that, let's introduce everyone. I'm Jell. I'm joined by Iro. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Still with us. Uh, we're joined by G. You know, I guess in a ways, yes, uh, none of us are, are really dead yet, but are any uh-huh. of us alive? We are we are caught in this weird limbo where mm-hmm. uh, we are we are talking about <laughs> we somehow have to fit both our final thoughts on the previous season and our current thoughts on the new season well, into the same podcast. I, uh, yeah. I believe is this. This may this may be uh, setting a new precedent. I feel like hmm. historically we, the Gloria Chat has always managed to do a separate wrap up and and first looks podcast, but yeah, we, we have done something are, somewhat similar before once or twice. But it's, I mean, I don't know if we have had a full episode to just be only wrap up <laughs> for last season anyway. But um, fair enough. Well, uh, I mean, we'll you know, just saying, in in the same way that it is currently ninety degrees in yeah. October here on the West Coast, uh-huh. oh, I yeah. get some might say summer never ended. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's a beautiful sixty-seven <laughs> degrees here right now. Um, <sighs> anyway, we are also joined by Artemis. Hey, good to be here. Um, yeah, what is time? Yeah, who knows? We'll find out. What is time? Yeah, well, I think we'll save the uh, the time and mortality questions for when we talk about Freyren, mm. but uh, okay. that's a sure, sure. <laughs> little, little teaser for what's coming up later. But uh, yeah, so before we get into the new shows, we can say some parting words for the few shows that survived from last season. Uh, uh-huh. I wanted to say a few parting words for the Masterful, Masterful Cat is Depressed Again today, which... Overall, it ended up being a pretty solid show. They didn't really do anything too wild. They kind of, you know, faded faded to black with their concept of, you know, my cat resents me, but also he really does love me and takes care of me. Um, uh-huh. That whole thing. This, uh, so it's sort of the cat adventures continue. Yes, the there, there was no big dramatic finale. The only curveball they threw at the end is uh, they made... The, the, I don't think I talked about her too much, but there was like this bratty teenage girl that worked at the supermarket where the cat goes to shop, and right. she kind of like begrudgingly befriends the cat a little bit. And at at one point, the main girl uh, rescues her from her abusive boyfriend, and she falls in love with the main girl. So okay. that was like their little twist uh, at the at the, the 
at the end. And, you know, I have to say I appreciated that uh, they made her her very unambiguously romantic crush uh, unambiguous on, on the main mm-hmm. girl. And they didn't, like, really make a joke out of it or anything. Like, she was talking to one of her coworkers and she's like, so, is there anyone that you are romantically interested in? She's like, yes, there is one person. And, like, you know, I feel <laughs> like... I feel like with other anime, you know, they usually dance around that or whatever. And it was like, okay, right. Good job. So what do you mean? She's like, except she's like a teen, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, a, like the other and like the main girl doesn't even know she exists. So like, it's like, you know, a, all right. It's, it's just sure. a dumb teenage crush thing, but it's like, what? What? Go ahead, G. What do you mean, Jill? Soleta and Miorine are best friends. Uh, yes, it's a, I feel it's like a I to interpretation. I feel like I need to. I feel like I need to <laughs> praise the show for being unambiguous about that officially after the uh, the Gundam incident earlier this year. Those are although, friendship rings. Yeah, uh-huh. that's although what I, best friends wear. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the friendship nail clipping. Uh, and oh, I, I I always call my best friends a uh, uh, sibling. Uh, an in-law, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, I always talk about how I want to marry my best friend and we will wear wedding dresses. And... <laughs> Again, literally line dialogue from the show. I'm not... But anyway, we can't, we can't relitigate that. It's, I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's Sunday. I just saw some people Soleta on Twitter, Sunday. even now, just, you know, relitigating Soleta Sunday. Still talking about that, but yeah. Anyway. Can't let it go. <laughs> The Master Masterful Cat Show is pretty good. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd recommend it if it's if that sounds fun to you. So, as uh-huh. for the other show, I wanted to mention, we have to say a few parting words. I think for Undead Murder Farce. Uh huh. I don't, I don't which... know, Joe. I think I could still give a resounding recommendation to Undead Murder Farce, and then in brackets, episodes Aster- four yeah. through eight. Asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> if you only watch the like middle five episodes. <laughs> Then it's pretty fun. What a, what, a, yeah. what a what a cursed like show at the end of the day. Like yeah. I you know, I think like it's a show that started a bit rough, but I think there was like enough to it, like to it and like the, the directing and the vibes that I think a lot of us like were willing to like buy into Undead Murder Farce even when it did not start that strong. And then when it did develop into something like legitimately really fun in that middle section, I think, I think a lot of us wanted to be believers, right? We want to go, Oh man, undead murder farce has figured it out. Right? Like this mm-hmm. is, they finally hit their stride. Right. And then this third arc happens and it's almost like the work is a reassuring us. It's like, don't worry guys. That was a fluke. We're going <laughs> back to what you didn't like. The fun part yeah. was a fluke. This is what we're really all about is boring. Uh-huh investigation about things you don't care about and this mystery sucks like i mean we yeah. might as well just get out there and say it right like the conclusion to this mystery we didn't about, even like, get the like uh and the murders yeah and it was a hot mess at the end too like how yeah like they kind of hand waved that the villagers like went in and murdered half the village and they're like oh well i guess we solved the murder so we're gonna forget all that happened but uh yeah, we're right. gonna As we're gonna like, let the murderer go, even though she killed <laughs> killed several people. I mean, uh, and, and just cause this is this is the thing that Ira and I have been talking about. That like I don't think we have had a chance to talk about in the podcast yet, which is like 
I, I have no issue with like dirtbag, like amoral dirtbags being the protagonist of your work, right? I mean, again, I was repping Doro Hidoro, you know, years ago, right? Like, yeah. yep. I love protagonists we, who have no all. disregard for human life. But yes. I think the weird thing with Undead Murder Farce is that, like, across all three of these arcs, I don't think they ever quite did a good job of, like, setting up. Like, je- like specifically the weird amoral streak that our yes. main protagonists have. The morality, right? like, the morality does not seem ambiguous. Like, it's like, the, like they're kind of just terrible people. Like, and and that's well, the thing is, I'm fine with that. But like, what, what I'm saying is more like I think the earlier arcs did not do a good enough job of setting that up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. the way, so then when they behave the way they do during this village arc, it it comes off as almost a little like dissonant right like aya is just totally Mm -hmm. free letting a murderer go um you know tsuguru has like zero qualms about murdering his assailants right like you know um and again it's like i think that's all fine i think it's fine for your protagonist to behave that way but i think them like being framed as like crime solving mystery like solvers Mm mm-hmm makes that contrast weird when they're also just like well you did kill like six people in cold blood but <laughs> right I, I don't know it's it's a it's a, it's a little strange yeah and yeah, and it, i guess that also applies to then like when like the amount of like yeah just straight up murder that happens in this arc period right like mm-hmm. you have the villagers murdering each other you know you have that scene where like Kyle chain tail like brings his chain down onto like <laughs> four bodies lined up in a row and then smashes their heads like melons and it's like yeah it's like, it was surprisingly it's crazy but also it's a little little mutt more than I would have expected yeah, I it's guess, it's surprising show. how like graphic the violence gets in this show like you would not expect it from mm-hmm. this kind of show right it spikes so fast right like yeah um but yeah I mean and just overall it's it, you know, if the I understand why they ended where they ended, but it felt like we we're still in the middle of the adventure, right? It felt like we yes. should be moving on to like episodes thirteen to twenty four now, right? But I'm, so I'm like, told right. that I'm told that the werewolf arc is like novel three of four in yeah. an ongoing series. So it, it felt, and, and the fourth one came out like during the anime. Uh, yeah, like they didn't so. have their showdown with Moriarty's team. Like it just felt mm-hmm. very unfinished. The mystery was. I mean, even the introduction of bad. the Moriarty team in this last arc is not very good, right? They kind of like, just show up and right because, like, theoretically, they're there to also like get their hands on the Golden Werewolf DNA to create their ultimate right. Jack the Ripper. Uh, yeah. Uh, how did they? How did they not pull this off? Right? How did they not pull this? Know, how did they right? ruin this? Right? Like, like as you're saying that sentence, I'm like, this should be great. Like how. You are handed a premise on a silver platter, which is fucking Dr. Moriarty has teamed up with Frankenstein's mos- monster, Carmilla, Alistair Crow- and Alistair Crowley to, to create the ultimate Jack the Ripper supernatural chimera. And that is why they're con- collecting the DNA of all the world's scariest beasts. And Mm-mm. and then they show up. They like, you know, they they kill the two like fucking um, uh, uh, insurance, like, insurance people, jobbers. Right? And then they just leave like. Right. It, it is so weird, right? That like they came all the way here to supposedly collect their super werewolf DNA. Like we get the and three fights, right? Bail. We get yeah. right. We have like you know Frankenstein, Carmilla, and and Alistair Crowley, right? And like each one like 
they don't even get injured in their fight, right? I mean, I guess Carmilla gets shot, but like they like kind of just vampire. skirmish with the yeah. protagonist for like the admittedly cool sixty seconds at the beginning of the last episode where they play the OP, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, and apparently, all right, uh, I'm done. Yeah. Apparently Frankenstein's monster is uh they're secretly their bro somehow. I don't know, but Yeah. I, I, I yeah, assume was, he is kind was, of like meant to fulfill the like honorable villain, you know, yeah. of, of the group. Uh-huh. I I don't the, know. Uh, the mystery is boring. Yes. The ending was a yep. hot mess and just disappointing overall because they, they had they had the ball in their hand and they dropped it. <laughs> And yeah, they they really. I mean, they did just drop it, man. It feels like they spiked it into the they, ground, man. They like, threw it in the. They threw it into the uh, the the opponent's goal. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> they kicked the ball into the opponent's goal. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh it's a shame, yeah. you know, because uh again, it's it's it, it's always so hard to tell with these sorts of things, right? Like, is this show a failure because of the source material, or is it a failure because of the production of the anime, right? Like, and right. at the end of the day, I feel like it was familiar the, with the source material. Yeah, I feel like it was the source material because I, 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 especially in the last episode when they were clearly also running out of budget, uh, mm-hmm. the director was doing his just trying his damnedest to keep oh, that yeah. thing looking cool. Get your fake green artifacts and your weird and, wipes. Uh, he was doing everything he could to make that thing work at the end with the wheels falling off. And it was just, yeah. But anyway, <sighs> RIP on yep. murder for us. I apologize for, for telling you to watch it. Artemis when we are still high on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I, I never, I never did end up um, Good. watching it yet. You know? Even okay. in the middle episodes. I do. I do still plan on watching just those individual episodes. <laughs> All right. At yeah. some point, they were fun. Um, it would be, it would be watching just yeah the middle arc would kind of be like a fun like mini OVA or movie like adventure romp as long as you don't think about the fact that it's part of a thirteen like episode TV series. Yeah, right. And I mean, if you already if you've already seen at least the first episode, you have enough context to understand. No. What's I saw going the on. first um the first two or maybe three. I can't actually remember now, but. Yeah, I, I mean I that gives some. you that gives right. you all the context you you would need yeah. for the rest for that part. So yeah, it's uh, I you know another thing I talked about with Eero after watching this show is like we keep we keep getting these shows, guys. We like <laughs> and they never do it right. We keep getting these yeah. Apari Ranmans and these freaking uh, 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 high cards, and they just God, they never yeah. got. They never have the dog in them. Like they just yeah. do not have. Like and and we re- we arrived at the conclusion that God, what the thing we have been chasing this whole time with all of these like like episodic adventure shows with cool characters doing cool things. Mm-hmm. We all just want Blood Blockade Battlefront to come back. <laughs> we need a season three. Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna say we all wanted Birdie Wing to come back. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yes, but no, not quite. What? what but, <laughs> That, you know, I, I would Artemis. I would love if just every season had a Birdie Wing esque like fever Birdie dream level. But, yeah, yeah. But 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 what I mean is like I want that like but, episodic adventure show with an ensemble like, cast weird, of like weird memorable characters, yeah. weirdos. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Made up of made up of jerks and yeah. 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 But they're like fun jerks. Like unlovable jerks, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And and you know, like the, the show was episodic until like the last two to three episodes when like the plot kicks in. Uh-huh. And all these like memorable episodic jerks we met over the last like nine episodes come together to mm-hmm. you know, to save the day, right? And it's like 
I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, just Night Town was built different, I guess. Like, because <laughs> Blood Blockade Battlefront, like, created the, the blueprint. Yeah. Like, you got, like, all these other shows could have just copied that one, like, word for word. And I don't know. Would have been better than how most of them turned out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Truly a, a travesty. But before we move on, I didn't put it on the list here, but Artemis, did you actually finish ZOM 100? I just thought about that. I I don't think it ever finished. Like, I just, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> maybe it just didn't finish. <laughs> didn't it no, get delayed I mean, I again? Just, I I don't know. I didn't. I don't care to be honest. Like, I've so okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I just I just had to check if what happened with that, but yeah. That's fine. I watched that to like, like we met the other character. I guess like that that you know the the the, the blonde chick sure. was in the okay. Like we met her, not good. Um, <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen I've seen nine Just episodes. I think there are supposed to be twelve. I don't think. I mean, it says it's still airing. I don't think it finished. I don't Man. know if more episodes are going to be released or when they'll be released, and I probably yeah, okay. won't be watching either yeah, way. Yeah, I'm looking at it and yeah, Crunchyroll only has nine episodes, so maybe yes. they're okay. continuing so on. So I right. think so they we, just we can, ran into so much, yeah, so many issues that we can, maybe they're going to delay now for a month right. or two months or three, I don't know. We can let that one die then. Um, all right. Please do. So... <laughs> Uh, Speaking of letting things die, yes, and perhaps being reborn. Uh... Yeah, so why don't you guys tell me about you guys stuck? So is this a movie or a, a OVA or? So it was released in four episodes, uh, but signs point to it being a movie. They're they believe they're showing there's a theatrical version of it mm-hmm. uh, in Japan. But uh, okay, we were talking about Phoenix Eden Seventeen, which is. Uh, an adaptation of one of the arcs of uh, Osama Tezuka's Phoenix manga. Um, which, if you know about Osama Tezuka, the extremely prolific and influential uh, manga artist and anime director, um, Phoenix was sort of his life's work uh, intended to be that was unfinished uh at the time of his death and it is consists of several mostly disconnected uh arcs that sort of were con- slowly converging on something right the the format of phoenix was that mm-hmm. it was a sort of time hopping anthology series yeah in which uh it would alternate between arcs that took place in the past and arcs that take place in the future Yes, and the, the you know the sort of romanticized ideal of Phoenix is that it would have been Tezuka's magnum opus, you know, sort of the the culmination of all of the themes and like narrative arcs that Tezuka enjoyed engaging in with all of his published works. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it has been adapted several times in various forms and uh, various arcs. That is to say, yeah, I don't think I don't. I mean, I think the TV did several arcs, but there's not been a like single. This is the Phoenix anime that would do right. that does all of them, uh, and so this one is by Studio Four C uh, that uh, adapts the nostalgia arc of Phoenix, which is one of the future arcs 
Yes. Uh, the the sort of premise of Phoenix colon Eden Seventeen, at least the, mm-hmm. the anime that we watched, is that it is. It, it it starts off as the story of like two human colonists who, you know, land on an unfamiliar alien planet, and uh, you know decide to sort of make their lives there, and you know, uh, transform the planet into a livable habitat. Uh, however, due to you know unforeseen tragedy, the uh, the it, it's a it's a pair, it's a man and a woman who are married and they are expecting a child. And the father is killed in an accident. And the mother, you know, is forced to sort of raise the child on her own. Uh, sort of, you know, the, this child essentially becoming this planet's first, like, you know, f- firstborn, you know, human, mm-hmm. essentially, you know. And this is where I have to kind of get into, like, my thing <laughs> with Tezuka, which is mm-hmm. not much, right? Like, I was repping Pluto extremely hard because I fucking love Pluto, but the reality is I'm actually not, like, that familiar with Tezuka as a writer. Um, and I mean, you know, that's I, like I, an I, interpretation I, of his works. So it's not like a direct right. from you know, him, yeah. right? I, I, I've, I, you know, like, like a lot of, like, very, very old works, right? You respect Tezuka mm-hmm. from a distance. Um yeah, and I was not prepared for how <laughs> well, fucking weird uh, Eden Seventeen gets. Uh, I don't know, Iro. Do you, do you want to just give a like oh, play boy. by play description of the first oh, episode? I mean, so the single mother is on this now on this planet with her child and this, you know, trying to grow growing food and such, but she decides. The only way for us to continue populating this planet is I'm going to go into cold sleep for until he's an adult. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. I don't. I don't and, understand, uh, but sure. <laughs> no. No. I mean, it. It. It's incest. It's. It's pretty oh. filthy meat, Jill. <laughs> oh, so, uh, sorry. I didn't put that together. What the first part uh-huh. of it. Well, wait, 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 oh wait, wait, no! That's... Did not mention she. She is specifically going into cold sleep for thirteen years, right? Because her son oh no, is like no, no! I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no! That is they are explicit. Uh, and, that is that is literally her plan. The manga is way more explicit, but in the anime, what? Wait, are they like, are they like cool. literally the only people on the planet? Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I, I mean, in the anime version, I guess that makes it slightly different, but still, no, in, don't like in the it. anime version. A, a computer error puts her into into hibernation for like a thousand years instead, it's like thirteen hundred. It's it's yeah. a future. It's Futurama. It's Futurama. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, basically, sort of off screen, the phoenix, uh, the phoenix causes a uh, immortal, shape shifting, amorphous alien to land on this planet. To take the form, uh, so that they can populate it, right? So this other this moopy alien arrives, so that as the kid is growing up, so they can populate Eden Seventeen, and so Romy comes out of uh, hibernation, you know, thirteen hundred years later, to find a civilization uh, that reveres her as their god queen progenitor. Okay, sure. <laughs> Right, and that's, and that's episode one of four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. So yeah. This... So I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I, I guess is it. Go ahead. 
like like I I love weird stuff, but the question is, is it good weird? <laughs> like I would say yes. Um, okay. The the thing I kind of took away by the time we finished Phoenix Eden Seventeen is mm-hmm. like. If I did not have the foreknowledge that this was the adaptation of a Tezuka work, <laughs> I would still look at this and say this is like like a legitimately like unique sci-fi story, like right. that right. is like unafraid of getting into like some really uncomfortable, interesting, uh... <laughs> and, 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 and hard-hitting places. concepts. Yeah, um, right. Like yes, yeah, so once like once you kind of get past the like yes, the extremely, and again, it's like. You know, for those who are not aware, Tezuka was a real freak. Like this is <laughs> yeah. this is known. This is yes. like we have we have sketches, we have, we have, we have literal like yeah. drawings from him that are like, yo, this is what gets me going. Isn't it hot? And it's like a snake transforming into a mouse woman or something. Uh, right. like Tezuka is a wild dude. Um like most artists. Uh-huh. Yes. And um <clears throat> But like the thing about Tezuka is also like the thing that's so fascinating about Eden 17 is like getting to engage with like this era of like manga and anime writing that is like completely divorced from like the current expectations of how this stuff is written <laughs> because Tezuka was the progenitor of it. He was the pioneer. And so he did not have like established conventions to follow. Like even the people who come directly after him, like a Go Nagai or an Ishinomori, like are looking towards Tezuka as their sort of guiding star in like how manga is meant to be written. But because Tezuka didn't have any of that, he could just like like just go wild. Tezuka, like Tezuka truly unequivocally believed that subtext is for cowards. Um, <laughs> right. Like, like there's an entire segment of this story about like how the the Moopy planet, the planet that has been you know repopulated mm-hmm. by the descendants of of the original child and his shape-shifting mom wife um <laughs> are like you know they're hey, they're hey hey guess what hey hey guess what the planet's called it's called eden yeah, huh Eden's weird and and, and the this, progenitor... this lovely agricultural um, you know society yes. that stockpiles their food for common good and right and like know, knows has nothing no, has, has knows no nothing of violence or greed or, or currency like yes they just um, live in lovely cooperation Yes, and then this planet gets invaded by a capitalist. Like, like Tezuka <laughs> makes no like hints about it. There's well, no well, like a rat man in a suit. Uh... <laughs> like Tezuka posits that the single, like the single objective origin of all objective evil in the world <laughs> is capitalism. Because this little capitalist rat man comes to this planet and sees that he cannot sell them anything. And so he literally pulls an MK Ultra and poisons their water with greed drugs. Like, he is literally <laughs> just pouring takes like heroin a big, into their yeah, water supply. It's just, a big, it's just a big machine that literally is just spits out capsules, like pills, into right. the lake, right? He's like, haha, these drugs will make them want alcohol and drugs and guns (laughs) and then you have this like what the america drug 
Uh. Yeah, and like, so, like, I don't know if, like, I would actually fight for Eden 17 in any, like, legitimate, like, top 10 list, but there is a section of this anime that is, like, maybe the hardest directed 30 seconds of anime I have seen this year, in which it is just the, like, escalating, like, descent of this world into, like, tribalist violence over their, like, like over desire nothing, right? yeah. For, yeah over nothing essentially their desire for more and more for consumption for consumption for consumption's sake right it starts with like alcohol and turns to drugs and sexual violence it shifts to physical violence you know it starts with a man throwing a rock that transforms into a molotov cocktail that transforms into a bullet that transforms into a rocket that transforms into a nuclear missile until the planet is bathed in nuclear hellfire yeah yeah it's so sounds good. fun <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun okay um, so the, well, this is a subplot what's actually going on is having woken up from thirteen thousand years of sleep and then living another several decades as the revered god queen uh romy wishes as the tra- manga chapter is called nostalgia and romy wants to go back and see earth as she remembers it uh after, you know, because she fled it once to go to Eden 17 and but wants right. to see Earth. So she and a young child go hop on the, the magic spaceship and to fly to Earth and, uh, you know, meet some characters along the way. But seeing as what what kind of story this is, you can imagine what Earth is like. Uh, Spoilers, Earth is also an irradiated dying shithole. Uh-huh. Right. Of course. And I mean... Sounds fun. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> grim, cynical story. Yeah. Like, like, there's really no way around it. And, like, it's so fascinating to watch something like this because, like, the character designs are, according to Iro, pretty faithful to, like, the, the, the Tezuka art, right? Like, they are just these right. Tezuka-ass characters who, you know, maybe the proportions have been shifted a bit to better fit modern right, anime aesthetics. But, like, they are just characters in the Tezuka art style. And it creates that delightful dissonance between like the general cutesy nature of these characters and the like very Extremely grim and really raw heavy, heavy stuff going on right yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's fascinating yeah okay tezuka's always had this ability to just like you said subtext for cowards when it comes to him he just has stuff happen and then we'll turn at the camera and say do you get it uh yeah and they are still well, some of that here it, it it feels almost Aesopian, right? Like right. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Just here is this tale of morality, uh, and there's no misinterpreting it, <laughs> right? Right. Like like, t- right. like Tezuka does not want you to like stop and like think about like the interpretation of his work. Tezuka explic- explicitly wants to communicate a message to you. He wants to impart a moral upon mm. you, the reader or viewer, and it's. You know, again, like in the context of 2023 and how stories are written now, it's it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was he was born in the 20s, right? So I imagine yeah. like a lot of things that he saw in his life also had very little subtext necessary. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Of the, of the of the times, right? And uh, yeah, okay. It's uh, it takes that whole arc and condenses it down, and I think it's it's probably worth a watch if you're. If you want to watch, uh, okay. <laughs> hey, you know, when you're ready, weird, uh, when you're ready to, uh, if I do or not. It right. sounds, it sounds very, it sounds very interesting, but I don't know if right. I'm like. Yeah, 
I think uh, uh, I think I think I think that will segue nicely into our next show, actually. Uh, uh-huh. As far uh, as my yeah. feelings yeah. Uh, about all, these things, that's all out on. That's all out on Disney Plus, I believe. The Phoenix one, uh, Phoenix, yeah, yeah. It's like the it's the weird Disney Plus Hulu thing, like with uh, yeah. <laughs> with um, Heavenly Delusion or whatever their weird deal is. Right, right. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish we had more time to like that. Sounds that sounds like you could do an entire episode breaking that down by itself, but we got to move on. Mm. So um, let's let's go into the the new shows. Yes, and finally into the new season. We're going to talk about. We'll start talking about uh, Freyren Beyond Journey's End. Freyren, I think. Which Freyren? 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 Uh, it. I mean, they pronounce it Freyred in the show. It's free. No, they say Freyred. Okay. So it sounds like Freyrin when spoken by a Japanese voice actor, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, because it is spelled I E, not E I. It's just that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like it is pronounced in it's, the show. They're close. Yeah. Got it. Anyway. Anyway. Th- so personally, I properly. personally I only watched the first episode, even though they dropped like five. Because yeah. I just did not have time to watch five episodes with all the other shows going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. We did talk about this last time. It was something we were looking forward to because you guys have read the manga, right? So yes. Oh, you know, to to recap, this is it's a it's a fantasy setting, uh, it, you know, medieval fantasy type setting with your classic kind of uh, party that went on an adventure, and this is, uh, you know, taking place decades after the adventure, right? Where the mm-hmm. but the elf. Whereas everyone has gotten old except for the elf party member because she's an elf. And yep. True mortal of, elves. Uh, you know. I guess uh, grappling with mortality. Yeah. Grappling with time <laughs> and mortality here. Um, even in the first episode, it was quite a bit. But I'll let you guys, as far as what you guys thought coming in to it from, you know, from having the manga, the read from the manga. Side. Yeah, I think I it's mean, a solid adaptation so far. Yeah, you know, I it's it's a weird thing, right? Because we you know, we kind of talk about this in our first look post, which you can read on thegloryablog.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Freyrin has clearly gotten top billing this season, right? Yeah, like, you know, it's it's being directed by at least who you know a and a, a director who is whose whose reputation is currently ascendant. Uh, it is clearly a high budget uh, adaptation. Uh, it has a Yoasobi OP. Like, it has <laughs> all of the marks of something that is meant to be, like, you know, the thing to look at in a season. Yeah. And Freyrend is, like, not a spectacle-heavy show. Right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, yeah. it, it's not even in it's it's not even in the same realm of something like, say, a ranking of kings, you know? Like, it's... It is a very standard fantasy story mm-hmm. just taken from the perspective of someone who has a very long view on, like, time, right? And life. And so, consequently, it, like, the pacing of and the writing is very, is kind of slow and stoic and... Yes. You know. Like... You know, the in many ways the four... The, I mean, in many ways the first four episodes of, of Freyren are a perfect, like miniature encapsulation of what to expect from this show as a whole like mm-hmm. it's going to be 
this RPG party traveling to different towns and helping them out with like generally low key problems. And uh-huh. then occasionally, like maybe one out of four times, there's a monster or a dragon that needs to, you know, to be dealt with. And, and they you know, deal with it in the end, right? Yeah. The nine adventurer from the previous game. So, you know, she's got it. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Yeah, she's got it's that covered. Yeah. Problem. Great. And, and then Frey, you know, and then at the end of that arc, Freyrin will like wistfully look off into the horizon and think about mm, like, right. oh, right. I didn't remember until just now, but I, didn't I come here 50 years ago with my original adventure right. party? And then we'll get like a little flashback of them doing something silly. Right. Like, and like at the time, she would have considered it like a trivial, like pointless endeavor or like a, a like a, a trifle that had no emotional detour. impact on her. Right. You know, yeah, right. Exactly. A distracting detour. But now with like the benefit of 50 years of hindsight and some of the people from those flashbacks being dead, she will go. Oh fuck! Actually, that meant a lot more to me than I thought it did, and 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 that's kind of the kind of recurring theme of Freyren is you know hell kind of like Eden Seventeen. It's about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's about the wistful longing for a time that will never come back, and the regrets that come with it. Like you know, these people she journeyed with, many of them have passed away. You know, like even the people she has saved, many have passed away, and. She can't even remember all their names and faces. Just that, like, yeah. Oh, this is a place that remembers me, but I, I, I am struggling to remember them, and right, not because her memory is going wrong, just because it wasn't important, right, right, right. and like trying to like emotionally like rewire the neurons to like <laughs> find meaning in those moments. I, you and, know, I, I think. Um... What I found interesting, and again, even just from the first episode, you know, I kind of joked mm-hmm. last time, you know, is this a sadness of immortality story? And I don't think it really Kinda. is because yeah. I, I don't think it really is because what she's going through, you don't have to be nigh immortal to experience that. <laughs> like, you just have mm-hmm. to get old. <laughs> like, like right. as I I'm mean, getting it's... older, uh, I mean, you guys are <laughs> old enough, too, I'm sure, at this point where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, you, now that you guys are all old as well, uh, it's uh, uh-huh. you, you know you, you start to you know lose some of those things, and it's it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just like on this fantastical time scale, right? You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it stretched out longer, but like I don't right. know. I mean, just, and even just like you know, you start to lose people in your life and things like that. Like, you don't need to be sure. immortal I mean, to have that yeah. experience. Like, like, it doesn't even have to be, like, you know, it doesn't even have to be passing away, right? Like, a classic example that I think anyone can resonate with is, like, you're, you probably will not know in the moment when is the last time you're going to speak to a person, you know? Right. Like, this could be a friend, an acquaintance, hell, even something as, like, base as a coworker. Like, Mm-hmm. there will be a last conversation between the two of you. And it's not because one of you died. It could just be you moved or situations changed or whatever, right? But you're not going to know at the time. And you're not going to know until, like, you know, <laughs> probably, like, 10, yeah, 20 until, years Until later, you have hindsight, yeah. Where you're yeah. like, oh, shit, I never talked to that dude again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the feeling that Freyren, like, channels really well. And, and I think, like, again, and, like, 
this is one of those cases where, like, I think being a high-profile adaptation probably helps a lot because, like, you know, it can benefit from color and motion and, you know, music and... Right. Yeah, and they give, they give like, the way it's directed, like, they give everything an appropriate amount of space. There's a lot of silence, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of quiet, a lot of time to think about these things, right? Like, it's it's yeah. appropriately directed to me to fit that all, but... Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ira. Uh, I was just gonna say, I'm glad this is this is not an isekai show because it's oh, yes. uh, it's a hair from being one, right? Right. I mean, like the, the setting is very clearly inspired by like Dragon Quest and other like Japanese right. you know RPGs. Yeah. Yeah, and um, a lot of some a lot of isekai will use some of the same tropes of like. I don't know, like a common thing is, oh, I, I've time traveled to the future and, you know, and now I'm super strong while everyone else is weak, uh, et cetera, stuff like that. Or just in general, Iskai has a lot of like, I'm an adult and now I'm younger so that I can re, re-enjoy uh, the days gone by that I couldn't appreciate before type thing, uh, just yeah. in a way more juvenile manner, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely. Like, a, I see. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, it's definitely more of a. I, I guess a, a maturity to this than. Right. Um, you would get, but I I, I yeah. see what you're saying. Where like, other isekai shows are kind of poking into these kinds of themes, but like in a way that is right. Bad. In a way to like <laughs> to way yeah, in a way to like push the power fantasy rather than right. as a like character study type thing. Right. Than right than trying to make some kind of point or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I I, I enjoyed it. I guess my <laughs> mm-hmm. my question is, how much do I want to engage with this particular subject matter right now? Uh, like, <laughs> I I do. So want the thing to... I will say, I, the thing I, I mean, the thing I will say about Freyren, like that, I I think. I mean, the first episode leans very heavily into the, like, personal, right. you know, I, anguish over this type of thing, but, yeah, you know, it, it's it's pretty lighthearted most of the time, right? Like, you know, eventually mm-hmm. Freyren gathers, like, uh, you know, a party, you know, uh, uh, you know, she, she companions, and, you know, they play off of each other, they have a character dynamic, you know, uh, Freyren herself is, you know, they kind of play her up as, like, even though she is this immortal stoic elf, she is you know, rather childish in a lot of ways, right? You know, she she is an overgrown man child in many ways. Like she, mm-hmm. she 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 sort of, you know, in the same way that she took her immortality for granted in terms of like, you know, the personal relationships she cultivated in her life, she also takes her immortality for granted in the way of like she might just spend fifteen years waking up at noon. Right. You know? And mm-hmm. that's fine. I you know if you're if you're gonna live a thousand years, what's a decade and a half of sleeping in? Right. Yeah, it's like so, uh, you know, they're, they're, even in the first episode when like, um, yeah, even in the first episode when she gets asked to train the girl for like five years for her that's like you know half a day, right? Like that's like right. an afternoon, right? Yeah, basically, you right. go to log get something yeah. from the store. Uh, it is interesting. It kind of puts an interesting spin on like if you're playing an RPG when you get the the 500 year old elf girl that looks like she's 17. Uh, what has she actually? Been doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, no, it's it, yeah, and I, I do get, I did kind of get the impression that 
it's going to be more lighthearted going forward. So maybe that's fine. I'll, I should probably just watch. Like, I want to at least watch the rest of the beginning episodes. It just with all the other new shows. I didn't. There's a lot. A lot going on. Yeah. So. All right. Let's talk about Overtake. Overtake. Let's. Uh, this is the show about <laughs> F4, F4 racing. Yes. Like the minor leagues Formula of four. F1. Formula yeah, 4. Yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I I was just, I mean, we talked about last time. I mean, it looked fine, but kind of boring to me. And I feel like that's exactly what happened. But um, <laughs> the I did appreciate... I guess it, it seems like our point of view character is like the adult journalist guy checking in on yeah, these yeah, kids, yeah. which is kind of a nice different angle to it. Rather it, it, than it's it's definitely like, a slightly more interesting angle to be sure. Like I so long as the like the main racer genius kid or whatever is not the main. Well, I mean, he probably will be the main character, but he's not like the point of view character, right? Like right. No, mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it was fine. I don't know if you guys had different opinion on it. Um, um did, did you guys watch the second episode that aired I today? I did not. I, yeah, I did not. I denied that. Did not get to that. Okay, today. so I got around to it. Um, does it change? Does it like meaningfully change anything? I guess is my question. Yes and no. Okay. Um. Okay, so I mean, we might as well just talk about our initial impressions of the show in general. Yeah. Right? Just like as you say, like the, the thing. <laughs> You know, unlike other sports anime, <laughs> this one is about the characters. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the photographer guy has some sort of like, past trauma. Yeah, like, 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 he's trying to work through. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and also, that, that's never right. happened like, in a sports you, anime. You know, but, right. Yeah. Like, 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 and also, is it like, you know, all, all mecha anime are about the characters in the same way that, yes, all sports anime are also about the characters, right? Like, they, they're, they're, there is, like, a good sports manga cannot be a good one of those unless the characters are also compelling. So it's it's kind of a pointless truism to say. But, yeah, the, the thing I, I kind of arrive at with, like, um, with Overtake is, like, I think there's a lot of elements here that have potential. Like, I... I, I there's a part of me that kind of want to be more optimistic about this this show because of some of the things it engages in, but uh, yeah, I, I do think it sort of sits on this weird razor's edge of like I either need the racing or the characters to become a lot more compelling. Right. Wait, in, I mean, in... I mean, uh, like just based on the first episode, like it, it is true that it's just about the characters because it was like all of sixty seconds of racing. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> But yeah, then, but then like another it? two minutes of explaining what's going on in the race. Right. And so I think I think this is definitely where like that this was an- half the episode. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's kind of where this anime fails. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely where this anime fails because like, um, look, you do a soccer anime, uh, a tennis anime, whatever. Like most people broadly know how the rules of those sports, and so you do not need to explain every minute detail. Like. When the exposition comes out, it's because of a specific technique that is being utilized that your yeah. average layman would not be familiar with. But the thing with like motorsport is like this anime feels like it has to start with like, you know, like ground zero of like, this is how racing works. This is a this safety. Is what is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it definitely like feels excessive there. I guess the thing I would say about the second episode that I'm not going to say the second episode was like, oh, okay, it fixed everything, I'm locked in. But the second episode has just enough in it 
to make me want to give it the three episode test, I guess. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, basically, in the in the second episode, right, it, it's it 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 follows up on like the the photographer saying he wants to sponsor, um, you know the 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 littlest F four team that uh-huh. could, right, the, and. Uh, the- Seeing this crying child gave him right. the push to finally take another photograph of a human being. Right. <laughs> and yes. and then sort of, you know, it does the thing of after that big emotional spectacle, uh, reality sets in, right? Like, you know, they start breaking mm-hmm. down the numbers. Like, hey, do do you know how much tires cost? Like, do you know how much like uh, tires for, for for race cars cost? <laughs> you know? You know, yeah. and, you know, how and, and and you know, it's like, hey, do you know how many how many tires we need a year? You know, it's like that type of thing, right? And it's right. like and you know, they kind of do a thing of like and and the sort of the theme of this episode that they begin to establish about the photographer, right, is like he is this sort of like world wary person who is kind of like afraid of being hurt but also Mm -hmm. like has a specific like sort of naive spark to him that like that that i almost kind of like resonate with of like oh if the right thing can set his mood into the right place Mm -hmm. he can sort of enter a temporary manic state Right. In which he is just hyper focus. Right, right. And so, like, an example of this, right, is like, you know, once he starts hearing about how much fucking money it costs to run an F4 team, he starts, like, trying to find sponsors, right? And, Mm -hmm. like, he is the one, like, pushing this. You know, he is the one initiating this. He is, like, you know, because he's a photographer, he has, like, legitimate corporate, like, connections, right? And so he tries, right. like, getting the attention of, like, corporate sponsors, but, you know, it doesn't work because, you know, he's it's freaking asking, F4. like, yeah. right, it's F4, and so they watch this kid race, and, you know, he doesn't, and so there's, like, there's like one 20-second race segment in the second episode right. where the kid is, like, not, does not hit the zone, right, does not hit his groove, and so he does fairly poorly in the race, and, you know, the sponsors are fairly unimpressed, and, you know, this initially makes the photographer kind of, like, discouraged until he thinks well you know what if we start smaller what do we start local right mm-hmm. like the local tourism kind of, board right and like this is kind of where like the faults of this anime run into its strengths where like the photographer is like i have this great idea what if we put advertisements on the car uh, and <laughs> you know the the red Probably. the race team have to do the like yeah, bro, that's how that's race how sponsorships yes. work. Yeah. And then, but then kind of uses that as an excuse to do the exposition that it did in episode one of, you mm. see photographer son in racing, sponsorship deals were, and it's like, oh my God, yes, we all know how fucking sponsorships work. Can we get past this, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so once we get past that, then it turns to the segment where he takes the stoic racing kid with him, who has been like the most vocal uh, opponent to this like old man butting into their team, right? Right, uh, and the photographer takes him with him to like meet with all these local businesses in the area of like the garage they the the team is is stationed to like you know like you know the local butcher the local like tea shop is this right becoming like soccer quest or something a little bit right where he's just canvassing with all these local businesses and the thing that keeps happening is they're all like wow that sounds fun but uh I don't know that sounds expensive but oh shit are you so and so's kid. Hey, here, have a free 
<laughs> hey, here, have, have a free, free croquette. croquette. Like, yeah. yeah, no, literally, it's like, ah, I can't afford to sponsor you, but here's a croquette, you know? Like, good mm-hmm. luck out there. And it kind of does this thing I actually ended up kind of liking of, like, okay, so, you know, fucking stoic wonder kid genius driver is still that character but they do the thing of like he does not know how to like handle like people talking to him like this like he is Mm -hmm. like legitimately like caught off guard and like embarrassed and anxious by people like who again let me be clear have never seen him race but they're like Well, you know, go get him, kid. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And, like, he does not know how to handle this praise, or not even praise, but just, like, well-wishing. People and being nice to it, him. <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. And, and, and it kind of creates yeah. an interesting angle to the character that... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's nice it w- It's nice with that type when they actually show some vulnerability, right? Like, that's that always helps a lot in dealing right, with that type yes. of um, character. Yeah. And, yeah, so, you know episode kind of ends with them not able to get a single sponsor but like you know the the real message is like look like you know there are people in this community in this small town where you and your friends and your dad your parents grew up that like they remember you or they remember that you're so-and-so's kid or you know they know the mechanic at the garage you work at and you know that sure this isn't going to lead to any like million dollar sponsorships yet but like you know it, it more leans to the angle of like know that you're not alone, right? Like yeah. that you're you're you're, mm-hmm. you're not you're not alone on on this journey. And again, it's like there, there's just a little too many of like the other faults of like the exposition and stuff that like kind of like yeah. really kind of grind it to a halt. But there is a bit of like strength to the character writing in that second episode that I, I feel like again at least make me want to see the third. Yeah, but, but like how it's... many times did they tell him to gumbo do his way? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, not as much as the first, but uh... yeah, I, I I made the joke because I, I always make the joke that you know sports anime are you know whoever gumboing their way to the top of the sport or whatever, and like the first episode when there's literally the scene with the the photographer guy just yelling gumboing like. 20 times in a row i was just laughing my ass right. off because it was like i mean like is that exactly is what you I, know. this is exactly what i expected right? right i mean at the end of the day to me it does feel like you know a basic sports anime with a very nice prestige anime coat of paint on it <laughs> like it, like it, yeah. like it looks nice it's very cinematic That's yes the, the, the character animation these days but yeah, yes yeah. uh you know um and 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 uh, you know the quality like you said of the it sounds like the characters the you know the quality of the writing is you know higher than usual perhaps but you know at the end of the day the types are still what they are and it is still you know right i mean the episode still literally ends with like you know a precocious neighborhood child saying wow golly gee mister you're a race car driver like i'll be your number one fan you know gambare yeah. and it's like yeah all right whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not watching more of this i'm i'm, I'm good yeah <laughs> right it's like yeah, it's, i'm good here yeah that's the thing right there are there are legitimate strengths to this show but i think there may just be the flaws may just be too apparent yeah. it, um, it's fundamentally yeah. yeah go ahead i, I feel suppose. like i would be way more interested in just the photographer guy like than yeah than this whole other racing truck you know or like you said g if they just all right if you don't want to have racing let's just completely completely focused on the like the business aspect and like dealing with the you know all (laughs) that stuff of it right 
maybe that would be more interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But, so you have uh, the Hiroshima Uchi owned the Seattle Mariners or whatever and never went to a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Pay them yeah. the money. All right. Well, if you're if you're gonna make it to episode three, maybe we'll get the final take. Uh, sure, I will. I will. I'll, but, I'll speak to that. But yeah. All right. You know what? That show's better than the next one. This list. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I, I had I had to revisit and just mention Paradox Live because I suffered through it, and you're all gonna hear about it. We uh, all did. Dude, Wait, this, I did too. Yeah. Man, this yeah. show is. Uh, so it's something. I, I, I want to start from my point. My my point of view on this. We compared it to Hypno- Hypnosis Mike, which was the other, which ironically also came back for season two this uh-huh. season, which I didn't watch that, but I've watched the first, you know, the first couple episodes of the first season. And while that show, both shows claim to be hip hop, rap, whatever based shows, uh-huh. and while Hypnosis Mike, I would still say that is technically accurate and they just did it badly. Paradox Live is pop music. This is not hip hop. Oh yeah, it's, it's not even rap. It's yeah, not even hip hop. This is it sounds like I like if, uh, it. sounds like an idol, like a super generic idol band. Yeah, like the when the when <laughs> the like I don't like the the main group uh, Bay. Uh, like God, they, uh-huh. lit- they literally have this like BTS ass looking dude from Korea in his. In, in, and you know, this is right. not just. I'm not taking shots at this genre of music overall. I'm just saying, claiming that this is hip hop and and rap or whatever but, but, is but, not but, accurate. But wearing, you don't understand, they're wearing baggy clothes and flashy jewelry, surely. Yes. That is hip hop. Man, so, I, yeah, there, I, I could go into a whole rant about like the appropriation of like hip hop as an aesthetic, like, <laughs> and then and then and then the twins or whatever who were in the in the oh, like the man. shabby house by an alleyway, and they're wearing like what can only be described as like homeless couture, like oh yeah, <laughs> like even if, even if you say to yourself, you know what, I can deal with the hair. Everyone just has the, those hair colors. No, they didn't. They didn't color the hair. It's just, it's just natural. That the eye color, whatever. They're wearing like matching, like, <laughs> like hip hop inspired to be sure. Like, but just like, like things that look high end fashion. It, it's just bizarre to me. It was, just, it was, it was such a weird scene. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like maybe. Maybe one person who worked on this show watched like twenty six minutes of Eight Mile, <laughs> and like I was like hoodies, right? Okay, gotcha. Right, uh, hoodies, yeah. and dirty alleys. Okay. But the, the 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 best thing about this the series, uh, and by best I mean like uh, just on a purely entertainment level, was the band names. Oh yeah, there. Yes, because I mean, you know that because you know that the producers were like, "Bay, oh my god, we are fucking geniuses!" Like, yeah. I mean, these are like, have, I mean, when also you have the the, the cat's whiskers. Oh my, just these awesome. are these are, te- awesome. these, these are terrible names for rap crews. Let me be clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, the, the the names are in scare quotes. Great, uh, but yeah, and, and the other thing is like. Not to defend Hypnosis Mike, but like that at least had a layer of like weird to it, like with the whole like replacing conventional weapons with microphones and all that. This this has got nothing going on. This is like 
Usually, right? it's, it's, it's just, just like, oh, the mysterious rap stadium has reappeared after 10 years. Yeah. And we we're all invited to have and, a, a sick rap I guess, battle. I guess there's some hints of like some tragic backstories or whatever going on, <sighs> but the, I don't know. And yeah. at the same, it's so like, I guess if you're coming at this from the perspective of this is an anime about hip hop and rap, it is awful. No. I can see how people, because apparently this is very popular uh, prior to the anime. The music was very popular and everything. I could see why, because it's sure. pop music. Uh, yeah, and, sure. you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're into that, if you're into that, that type of music, yeah, this is probably a lot of fun. But like, if you come yeah. in thinking this is, if you come in even thinking this is a counterpoint to Hypnosis Mike, no, I don't think it is. I think it's just like, this is a, this is like an idol show at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I, I so wish it had been a parody. Like, it, like I realize it's not, <laughs> I realize it's not meant to be a comedy, but what if like it had been like skate, but more, but with <laughs> Ah, if only. Skate, but, uh, skate also needed to be more than it was. But, yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, skate right. also needed to be it, it, more. It extra. did get back. It did but, get closer. But, but, but yeah. But but skate, but skate knew at least that it was a comedy, and it did right. go for those. Whereas this has no idea that it's a comedy. Yeah. Yes, no right. self awareness, and it's not attempting to be. Yeah. Nah, I mean it's 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 the I mean whatever you know you can read my first look post on it I I think <laughs> I did almost the, I think I wrote almost the exact same post for the hypnosis Mike first look of just like. Japan's hip hop scene is like legitimately pretty good. Like they they have some like legitimately great talent from there going as far back as the nineties. And so like, you know, again, let me be clear. I did not expect this show to like have good hip hop or to like tap the talents of good hip hop artists. Right? I know exactly what type of project this is, mm-hmm. but it it is just so weird. What it's I don't know, man. It's like okay. Okay, here's what it is, right? Yeah. All right, so Macross. Macross. All right, what's Macross's whole deal? Planes and pop, right? Yep. That's that's the whole thing. Yep. And hey, guess what? The pop songs in Macross are, you know, pretty solid. Generally, pretty good. They're they're they are good pop songs. It is a show about in-universe pop singers singing pretty good pop songs. So. In universe, in out of universe, there is a synergy there between the narrative and the music. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck does hip hop not get this? <laughs> Why is it uh, hip hop is the genre of music where like? Uh, see, see, the only thing I'm taking away, G, is what if the next Macross has a hip hop crew as their? Uh, oh man, their music fucking group. what the the, the the next Macross girl is voiced by Dalco or something? C- yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, it now. A- you've you spoken into existence i hope it happens but i mean like no. i mean macross like the, like the new like, macross will be dog shit because it won't have dalco as the main character <laughs> yeah well, the, the monkey paw curls we will get that that <laughs> premise but we will not get oh. we'll get terrible uh they'll get whatever voice actors trying <sighs> I, anyway. I do wonder if paradox live stayed so so ridiculously clear of actual hip-hop because whoever like was in charge of the creative decisions kind of looked at hip hop and was like, mm, we can't market this to 14 year olds. It's but then why, why, but if but, we but why uh, lean into that in the first place then, why lean into I, that as your gift, I, I think, right? I, like, I think like, it's I'm not, got deep, the, it's got the fashion aesthetic. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not <sighs> deep enough into the, I'm not deep enough into these things to really make super informed statements about it. But I do think, you know, is this kind of riding a little bit of like, you know, the K-pop wave type of thing 
which also has a lot mm-hmm. of hip hop infusion into it, even though it is very clearly pop music. Like the, you know, and G, like you said, you could probably write a whole paper about you know co-opting the hip hop aesthetic and you know the appropriating that. And so yeah. I, I, I get why it's there. I, I think I think I understand it all now. I just don't like it. <laughs> like it's yeah. I, I, I don't like it. Um. Also, let me right. be clear. Um, let me be clear. Sometimes it's okay to appropriate the hip hop aesthetic because it means you get an anime girl in high top sneakers. Sure. Uh-huh. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, right. There, there, there are there are ways to do it. For sure. Are we were we bringing <laughs> up that like the the background music is yes is so, better hip hop than the yes. actual songs, and and that is because the background music in. Paradox Live is being composed by none other than Aztec hip hop genius himself, Taku Iwasaki, uh, who uh, has has composed uh, uh, many a track with hip hop elements to them. Probably most notably for people is yes, JoJo's Adventure Part Two and Gurren Lagann. Yeah, you know. Bento, right? Ah, uh, yes, and Bento. Yes, you know, uh, to you know, touch the untouchable, see the invisible, row, Shout row, rap. <laughs> Fight uh-huh. the power. Uh, yeah. Shout Should out to uh, shout out to pre Glorio Cole favorite Bento. But uh, <laughs> yes, I anyway. think we need to uh, move on. We do. Um, let's talk about Migi and Dolly. I, I mm-hmm. did anybody else watch this? Like I already watched it. Right? I did watch. I did. I did watch the first episode of this. Okay. I also watched the first episode. I don't think another episode's out yet as of recording, but. Um, this was weird, and I like uh-huh. it. <laughs> I, I see how it's from the yes. uh, Sakamoto manga. Yes. So, th- yes, this was written by the same author as Haven't You Heard of Sakamoto, which mm-hmm. initially, like, reading the premise and seeing the trailer does not make sense. But once you watch it, yes, it does make perfect sense because it, yes. it has a very similar sort of deadpan sense of humor to it, mm-hmm. which... I did not expect um I I was not expecting how kind of goofy the show actually is. Right, cuz it sort of bills itself as like a creepy horror story. But that's the thing, it kind of also is still that. Right. Uh, the premise but, of this show is is that uh, a a an old couple, an old child's couple has adopted a lovely angelic boy from the orphanage uh and he can do no wrong. He's the perfect child who loves his parents and is perfect at everything because he's secretly identical twins who are running some kind of elaborate scheme and pretending to be the same child uh you know swapping places and doing impossible things uh with various wacky schemes uh and feats of physical prowess not unlike sakamoto right and I think part of it is like, you know, I've read some things about what happens, but in the first episode, they don't explain what their plan is or anything, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really get into, other than explicitly showing there is a plan because it shows them planning, like they have like right. mapping out the house and like they're up to something, but they don't really tell you what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And and most of the episode is these sort of like different little vignettes of them coming up with some crazy way to yes to like trick these old people like uh uh, 
like even when they're just like eating and like yes. uh you know to to switch places so the other brother can eat and also to it like it's like weird wheel maneuver underneath yeah. the table to yeah like one's like hiding under the table places. right and, and and like as soon as like the instant they're not looking they manage to switch out like it's 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 very bizarre and funny and uh-huh. also they are they somehow say jambalaya a lot yeah yeah. <laughs> they're somehow also using this to emotionally manipulate these old people for reasons that we're not clear on yet yeah. and um yeah i i, I think I, w- I was the most surprising thing to me was just how silly it is but also but it yes. is also still kind of weird and creepy and uh, but they mix it in mm-hmm. a way that does not feel you know out of place like yeah it's it uh they are they're sense. very the opening, they have the whole cherry pie thing, which now, as I've been watching Twin Peaks for the first time, I recognize. Now I'm seeing the Twin Peaks everywhere, and uh, it's all a Twin Peaks. Yeah, and there's 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 a, there's a fair Dude. amount of Twin Peaks DNA in this. Uh, also, a, a show that has creepy horror stuff and then wacky, <laughs> just soap opera bullshit uh, on the other, you know, uh, two seconds right. later. Um, right. I wonder so, if that was how much of that was direct influence, but yeah, I could see that. Oh, similar. I mean, the opening having a red room and then cherry pie, uh, extremely intentional. Okay, <laughs> it flew it like. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I've never. I mean, I've I've obs- I've culturally absorbed a lot of Twin Peaks, but I've never actually watched right. it myself. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that is kind of the mood here, though, right? Like it's a bit, yeah. And we're, I, we're, we're in like seemingly normal suburbia, but why are these creepy twins doing something? Yeah. Why did they need to be adopted? Uh, yeah. So I mean, scheme are they running? Yeah. For me personally, this was probably my favorite thing I've watched so far in the new season. Huh. Um, I have, I think we'll have to give it the three episode test because this could go a lot of different <laughs> ways. Um, right. You know, if it, I, I would like, some more breadcrumbs on what the plan is and the bigger picture. I, yeah, I feel like if it's just what wacky thing are they going to do this week to trick the old people, then that might get stale pretty yeah. quickly. How but, long? How long will they keep up the the we are one person uh, right. is, shtick? Isn't that the issue that this you know the 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 previous work by by this mangaka also sort of like sometimes ran into right of like yeah his, uh, I, i'm sakamoto or whatever but, but it's like, yeah. that that one literally had nothing else going on like that was the entire right. point of like here's the joke and we're gonna beat this joke all right I, so i guess my question is like yeah. but this, this i guess does the question have, then is like what is the what is the balance between the intrigue and yeah you so know, this the does have like whatever be, right that's what we need to see yeah, yeah. right so this does have whatever weird creepy mystery thing is going on in the background like why are they scamming these old people what is their plan element mm-hmm. to it which depending on how, which way that goes i think will determine if this is you know going to be really good or not but it's it's a very it's a very intriguing first episode that caught my attention for sure um yeah and i'm, I'm willing to give it a give it a shot yeah uh how as for the next was, show yeah <laughs> you want you want to talk about a show with like an interesting premise that is almost like immediately torpedoed by its execution yeah 
Yeah, let's talk about 16-bit sensation another layer. Um, uh-huh. I have mixed feelings on this because I thought the first episode was fun, but if I if I do a deep dive into analyzing why and I and I and <laughs> it's the, because the, you're old, Jill. Yes, the, my my post on this will be out by the time this is. Uh, it's not up right now, but by the time the podcast goes out, it'll be up, so you can read my full post on it. But I was definitely caught up in the wave of nostalgia on this. Um, just to refresh everybody's memory. The premise is it's about this girl who's an illustrator and she loves drawing cute girls and she loves what they're collectively calling bishoujo games, which I think is fine. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what they're, you know, yeah. Which is, the- you know, dating Sims, visual novels, arrow gay, all that stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. um, games about pretty girls, games, games where you romance pretty anime girls. Um, so, and she's longing for the old days, which is weird because the, all these games uh-huh. probably came out before she was born. And, uh, yep. Cause it was like, you got, you got to admit a lot of it was pretty fun. Like how she's stuck in this company working on, uh, you know, what was or it? Milf hypnosis, hypnosis hypnosis salon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, she's forced to work on, you know, milf hypnosis salon part seven. Right. I mean, uh, so, so, so yeah. that, like that is the aspect of this, right? She is an illustrator and she is working at a game company, but her game, the, 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 the studio she works at is like churning out the most like trend chasing bottom of the barrel, like budget title, like stuff, you know, like, right. yeah. Yeah, and, what, and but she wants the like big sprawling, uh, you know, arrow gay from the old 500, days, like, five hundred hour visual novels. Yeah, right? like, like right, I mean, night and uh, and yeah, love alternative and <laughs> right, like she literally wants to make like yeah, like love love by way of like face day night or something, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and and so you know, be careful what you wish for. She. Uh, <laughs> gets uh, all right i have to say this sentence okay she goes uh-huh. to a mysterious used game store and, uh-huh. uh which uh is you know of course disappears the next day or whatever but there's a, a bag full of old games and when she opens a cursed copy of the dos version of doki <laughs> she's mm-hmm. she is isekai'd <laughs> to 1992 <laughs> Oh god damn it. You know parts of this premise where I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And- <laughs> yes. Like all that's all that sounds great, but the problem is at the at the end of the day, this is like the most self-indulgent type of like uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were gonna say at the end of the day, the protagonist's voice is unbearable. Okay. That's that's, that's that is one element of what I'm getting at, which is like this is the the I'm going to make a show about cute anime girls who love the one specific thing that I do. And, uh-huh. and you know, it, it's just like, and it's and ain't I, no Shiro Bako. Yeah. And, and you can go, please go read my, my full post when, at some point. Cause I get into there, there is a difference between like this and some of the more worse examples. Like I, I used like Oremo and Aeromanga sensei as examples. So like, uh-huh. that's much worse, but like this, this is much more like focused on the like I'd love this topic so much, whatever. But right, I mean, it so is, the thing, like, but the presentation yeah, no, like, it is presented in a way that is very um, formulaic grading. and grading and just like yeah, 
Like, and and the, when, the girl's when, voice when, being like a very easy example of she has to be this cute oh, girl with man. this high pitched squilly voice that I can't yeah. stand yeah. to listen and, to. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. It's because look again. Like I mean, Eero name dropped it. Sorry, Eero, you said it huh, first, what? so I get the, I, you activated me. Oh. See, the thing that works in like something like Shirobako, right? Mm-hmm. Is like okay, I man. I mean, they're all still like conventionally attractive anime girls at the end of the day. But like, you can sort of feel the world wary cynicism in a lot of them, right? Yes. Like you know, like the like you, you could tell when like the main producer girl was a Miyamori, I think, like. She has a specific producer voice when she is dealing with clients, you know? <laughs> yes. And then she has her, like, mm-hmm. we got a fucking deadline to hit voice. And it's like, even that alone communicates so much about the job that she does. And I think there's like, a the level really of there's a level me. of realism to those characters, whereas this yeah. girl is like a mouthpiece for the author that happens to be right. I and also it's like, wanted to make a cute girl. Right. I I wanted to empathize because like as somebody who worked at a game studio churning out right as a like sub artist right like i'll i'll call it slop like mm-hmm. i'll call it mainstream slop that i worked on like right. have i worked on three different billion dollar franchises that i have nothing but like venomous venomous contempt for yes because that was my job <laughs> yeah. like i you know and like it's not what I want to do, but it's what the market demands. It's what my bosses want. And I, and I, and I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I feel when she goes home and after a day of fucking coloring in, you know, with the back of a businessman's suit, she looks at like her dream OC and she's like, one day I'll put you in the ultimate game. Mm-hmm. My, 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 my big titted muscle tomboy. I knew gunslinger. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, um, anyways, the point is right. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I get it, right? I feel that, right? It's what every artist wants to do is, like, make their dream game, right? Or make the ga- the, the ga- make the type yes. of games that made them start dreaming in the first place, right? You know, so for her, fuck Canon, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, which, know, again, um, I think, which, again, I'm presuming would have been made before she was born, but go on. Yeah, yeah like, okay, that there's no... The game came out in, like, 1999. Yeah, I was yeah. like, no way this girl is, like, bored, like... I don't know, whatever. It's in her twenties. Um, Look, yeah, yeah, and um, but I think it's just like yeah, the actual presentation of her dialogue, the reasons for why she likes these characters, like it just kind of falls. It, it doesn't work for me. It, it falls flat. I mean, I because I, I like all like, those all those concepts that they're getting into of like you know working a job you don't like and all that. That's all there just to mostly highlight. I think like the author is trying to be like these games aren't what they used to be right and it's all it's right, more about right. like the games than like the the themes like, about adulthood the t- and things like, like that right it's, it's it, to the point where like this girl like scowling at fate go i did like that happy. like yeah. i mean like i i should be like hell yeah get them but like even uh-huh. those parts that was that was hilarious. that was hilarious to me because apparently they must be sponsoring the anime because they're literally have yeah, the, right, uh, have so. the real banner on the in the thing and right. You know, I mean that's the thing, right? Yeah, they have yeah. the real like it's not it's not it's like, the real it's fate not, grand order and her right, like it's, scowling it's, it's, at it, right? Yeah, it's it's Re- not fate grow, you know. It's yeah, not yeah. it's not it's not bark knights. Yeah. It's the actual like gotcha game. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's and funny as hell. I, I saying that they ruined like everything, that. right? Right, yeah. like having this anime girl say, you know, point at FGO and say this ruined video games. I want to love that. I think it's just like uh, I don't. I, it's I think a, it's just like it's like in service I, to what though, right? Like it's yeah, not I, really. I think, I, I think that is yeah. the thing is like even when she's explaining why she likes Bishojo games, 
even that feels kind of hollow to me. Like, right? Because oh, it, like, I love her. Her it, reasoning doesn't feel like a true. Like, I don't want to gatekeep, but like her. <laughs> here's the thing. No, I, I, I get you. Can you explain the actual appeal of? I don't know. Well, I mean. <sighs> When you explain to me what compels you about Fate Stay Night, uh, what made you this sick, uh-huh. broken person who cannot uh-huh. help but be attached to this, uh-huh. you know, historical figure, Battle Royale, VN, Aerogay, I go, those are the words of somebody who truly, like, thinks a lot about this franchise. Uh, like, yeah. fa- you, Thanks. <laughs> you sound Thanks. like a true fan. No, I yeah. mean it because I, know, I, think I, know. A, I think a true fan has that mix of like, like, like almost like what's the word like like Pavlovian like obsession uh-huh. with a work, but that also translates into a very specific like, specific Weariness. weary cynicism about yeah. it, right? Yep. Like, like, yeah. I mean, hey, it's like I, I talk what? to my I talk to my friends who are like I don't know what's. Into into like Star Wars, right? Right. This is just a good example because they've been turning out a lot of new Star Wars shit recently. Sure. And, you know, it's yeah. like he'll watch every single one, and then he'll talk to me about how like it's it's okay, I right? Mean, you know. But then guys, we'll have to explain to me all of the details, right? Right. <laughs> I, Eero, mm-hmm. I'm a Gundam fan. How many know, times yeah. have oh, I like? How many times have we watched something? And we I'm watched like, fucking Gundam me- build metaverse, which we're not yeah, going like to talk it, about on this podcast. Yeah, and, like has there been has there been like one good Gundam in the past like twenty years or something? Which like, for Mercury like, and G Reco? Okay, two, <laughs> two and a half. Build, build season one, one and a half. Oh, and uh, build fighters. Like, but but my point is right. Is like I will be like God, this fucking piece of shit, and then I will rattle off twenty pieces of trivia about it. Right, like right. And I think that is the thing that kind of doesn't sit with me with this character who's like, oh, I'm the biggest B Shoujo fan in the world, and then I love Canon because it has the Ugu girl in it. And I'm like, I, I could bake that up. As someone who has never played Canon, if you told me, gee, you gotta write a character who's a big fan of Canon and has to prove it. They say the one thing everyone knows about Canon. Right. right. Yeah. Like, get out of here. You're basic. You're a fake fan. Well, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question the author's credentials because this is written by a combination of the guy who wrote The World God Only Knows and two other people that worked at aqua plus formerly so i'm not going to question the author's credentials i would question their again it's like making it feels like they they, they're like it's it's the it's the very specific thing where if you've seen a lot of these shows where they're trying to make some excuse of why a young you know Uh 18 to 20 year old girl would be into this weird otaku thing yeah <laughs> like, and and they they just come up with some you know dumb basic reason for that but yep yeah the whole thing is it's it's disappointing but i gotta admit that the nostalgia hit me hard and like i don't even i don't even like those games like i just uh-huh. the fact that i was like oh i recognize that you know yes my, Jill, we my... know that when you see a walkman uh your neurons get activated <laughs> like that monkey in the diagram <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm only human, okay? None of us <laughs> not a machine. No. None of us are free from sin. But you you hear the dial-up noise in a part of your <laughs> brain oh, that, hasn't, like, <laughs> that hasn't worked in 15 oh, no. years activated. Yes. Yeah, my heart rate goes up immediately. Um so here's the thing. 
you know, this first episode is sort of like our prologue. It ends with her getting into 1992. There's not a lot of her in yeah, 1992. Yeah. I want to see one more episode to see, like, are they going to get into the weeds of how they make these games and stuff, which I think would be kind of fun. That might be enough for me totally. to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be. But it's the, pro, the programming wizardry you have to do to get Metal Slater glory on the NES. Right. Yes, uh, like, like if, I, you, if I, they're going to get into that stuff, and I understand there's probably like there might be a hundred people on the planet that might find that interesting, but I might be one of them. So I mean, I, I'll tell you that, Jill. Like that—that that is why I will also watch the second episode of this show is because I see this girl drawing with a Wacom like display tablet with a pen, and I want to see this girl have to start to have to draw this shit with a mouse. In right. pixel by pixel yeah. pixel by yeah, pixel, pixel, by pixel. <laughs> right yeah so we'll see if they do that and they don't and they stay away from the weird romantic implications of her and that 15 year old uh, kid at yeah. the end because I, I mean i'm still i'm assuming she's young but she is an adult <laughs> and he's like i think he says he's 15 right she's like, gonna that become kid her, is totally, she's gonna, be, she wait, gonna become her just, own mom <laughs> No, because like, that kid is totally the like producer who we only see from behind in in the present day. Right? Oh yeah, totally, like, totally, that without, is right. a, without a question. Like yes. that dude is putting on the fakest like fake fat man anime voice in the present yeah, day yeah. section. And yeah, it's, like, yeah. So clearly, and if she ever makes character. it back to the future, it, it, she would have changed the future. Well, and uh-huh. I, we we gotta wrap this up and move on. But yeah. after all that we said, I'll still watch another. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Hey, here, I'll do you one better, Jell. I think I said while watching 16-bit sensation, I said out loud, I'm going to kill myself at least six times while watching it, and I'm still going to watch episode two. <laughs> yep. Turn the volume down a little bit, maybe. Anyway, let's move on to the Yuzuki family's four sons. Uh, Artemis and I both watched this, I believe. Uh yeah. And all, all I've heard about this is the subtitle thing. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to. I'll get to the subtitle thing last. Yes, I want to okay. talk about the actual show first, which is a story of these four brothers of varying ages. The oldest is like twenty three. The youngest is like elementary school, and then the two in the middle are like middle school age. They're only they're only eleven months apart, so they're. Um, I think they're twelve and thirteen. They said which. It's probably the biggest single year he could be apart, but uh, yeah. So the the there's four brothers. Their parents died a few years ago, and the oldest brother's been taking care of them. And it's about them getting by with all that going on. Um, I I don't know, Artemis. What did you think about this one? I, I thought mean, it was I, okay. I thought it was pretty I, good. It, just just the premise endeared me to it at the start because I was like oh it's a slice of life show but it's not in high school yes and it doesn't have any romance so there's not going to be any like you know it's not going to be like a love triangle thing that I have to force myself to watch to get to an interesting character moment or anything like it's just purely slice of life like family like home life drama you know yeah um and there just really aren't that many shows that do that now yeah, if they if they ever were, I don't know. Um, right. So so that's nice, and then um, it looks pretty nice. Like it's it's basic, but in a nice way. Does that make sense? It gets like the, it gets the job it, done. Yeah, because I it's mean, one of those refreshing, wholesome. You know. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a, a subtle show by any means. Like <laughs> I, I don't think it's going for anything overly complicated in terms of like who these characters are and what all their various quirks are like they're very 
I wouldn't say necessarily stereotype, but you can see like immediately when they're introduced within the first minute, like, yeah. oh, this this guy is going to have this personality mm-hmm. and this guy is going to be have this quirk, you know, like it's all very obvious. Yeah. So like where it's heading, for example, like mo- most of the focus is on one of the middle kids, the younger middle kid who's like 12 and. You know, he really wants to help. Like, he, he has very good intentions and wants to help everybody out. But, you know, he's a kid. So, like, a lot of times he's just making right. situations and, and worse. He's, and he's tired of them going, you're only 12. Like, sit right. down. You don't need to do laundry. Just eat your breakfast and go to school. Right. And so one of the big plot points in the first episode is the youngest kid who's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they give his exact age, but he's elementary school. He's the, the little he's kid. Like, he's, like, young, young. He's, like, six, I think. Yeah, he's, he's probably, like, five. six or seven or something, right? So. Yeah. He's like, I want to go see the fireworks. And and his brother's like, okay, I'm going to secretly take you to go, you know, yeah, get on a train and go. Yeah, I how reliable I am. And then when I when I successfully take you to the fireworks, they will have no choice but to recognize right. my maturity. And, and, you're, and you just automatically just, fill yeah. in the blanks of what's going to happen with all of and this. And you're right? like, oh, yeah, so something's going to, yeah, something's going to go wrong and, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to kind of be rescued by his older brother or whatever. So So in that sense, like, it's very, like, predictable and not very creatively written or anything um but i agree it's refreshing because you don't really see like a family anime very often like i guess i guess this is maybe a cousin i maybe this is a cousin of the dad anime but which we see fairly often but (laughs) but it's you know where it's actually focused on you know the family relationship is pretty rare and you know it's just it's just nice like the it's in the characters are, you know, they're all trying to do their best in a bad situation and it's very endearing and they, they, they don't get, they don't really get too heavy into the, like, you know, our parents are dead angle. It's mostly right. like, you know. Yeah. And, and to be clear, they're not like scraping a living. They're not like living on like, you know, pennies or yeah, like, they, it's not yeah, like they like have, a, they have and, like and a, like no they have they have a functional household you know yeah right um like they're paying the bills it's just the difficulty of wrangling yeah right the difficulty Uh, is they they have they have like right they they have the basic needs covered but like not a lot else right like that's kind of the information um so yeah i mean it it was it it's it's a feel-good show it warmed my cold dead heart a little bit you know um (laughs) Which you know is not always easy to do, and without me, you know, rolling my eyes at this being too, you know, melodramatic or whatever. Um, they don't really go for any of the cheap. Like it's not like everybody is like, because you know we were saying in the one example, you know, they go to see the fireworks, and of course, you know, the, the little kid gets lost or whatever. But it's not like a big, not really like a big dramatic tearful reunion when it all gets resolved. That you know, that it's it's right. it's it's a little more of a natural like. You know, if you wanted to go see the fireworks, you just should have just told me, and then everybody enjoys the fireworks, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's. I and think we that, all learned a valuable lesson today, right? But they're not; they don't lay that on too thick. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like a super dramatic type of thing, but um, so yeah, like I enjoyed it. I would definitely watch more. The but problem is if, the yeah. big. Unfortunately, the big buzz around this show has not been about the show itself at all, but the mm-hmm. sub, the official subtitles from Crunchyroll, which were hot garbage. Um, I, most people are speculating that they attempted to machine translate it, 
I think there's probably a pretty good chance that that's possible. Um, I, I would say so. I cannot imagine, like, you know, not not just because there were, like, punctuation issues or anything, like, just because of the, the mistranslations. The yeah, the mm. literal translations. Yeah. Like, the, the, the one literal, yeah. the one going around is, I forget the brother's name, but it was, they instead of saying, yeah, it's saying, you know, whatever Nissan they translated as brother Falcon. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's like a example. brothers film. Yeah. 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 Suddenly this become, became a old Kung Fu movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there's the a lot of that. Is, is right. There's translating son yeah. as sir. Uh, oh yeah. I saw know, those, you know, when, when his coworkers referring to him as sir, whatever. Um, so either, somebody very much not qualified to do professional subs did this or what seems like most likely it was machine translated, which, you know, if I'm being real cynical, um, you know, maybe Crunchyroll thought nobody's going to watch this show. Let's test it out and see if we can get away with it. And um, I hope the answer is no, because I mean, you never know on how much backlash on the internet really is just based on, you know, what anime right. news network says or whatever. But I mean, it was enough where they picked it up. Um, and it, it was interesting. The day it came out, Crunchyroll took the episode down for a while. Although as of recording, it is still, it is back up with the same old subs. Did they, did, but oh, so yeah, I was going to ask because I never, I never changed. No, they to didn't. They didn't change the, the subs. Yeah, they're they're the same. they didn't change it. So okay. I don't know why they took it down or, or whatever, but maybe they just. I mean, that strikes down, me as business I think. But what what often happens with like when you're when you're dealing with like a a corporation or any business entity of this size is like them taking it down was probably the like snap like panic choice right yes. is like oh shit people are saying a lot of shit take it down quickly and, and then, then when they as, realized they weren't going to fix it they just put it back up <laughs> yeah right that is probably what it is yeah. they took it down so somebody probably started sending some real anxious emails to be like uh hey uh we need a translator to fix this stat and probably somebody higher up the ladder is like no you're not getting the money for it and yeah now you're still left with this like really badly translated episode and it sucks right because here's the thing like i mean it sucks that it's happening to like a show that you guys consider to be generally pretty decent but like this doesn't even deserve to happen to bad shows you know no like right. yeah like shield hero doesn't deserve a, a machine translation es this especially bad, you know? like, yeah i mean you're taking you're taking money out of somebody's bank account right taking food out of people's yeah. mouth right like that that's that's the and they were already paying problem. fucking peanuts for that shit. Yeah, right. and you were like, already like, yes. eighty dollars an episode was like the figure like, going around a while ago. You you got you guys got bought by Sony. You just bought out like right stuff or whatever. Like this is clearly a company with the money to spend. You know, you were like, like the biggest anime company outside of Japan, right? Like you are the the, the yeah. So it yeah it, it I hope. That if this was truly like a test to see how people would react, that they get the message. And, you know, normally, normally I kind of joke around and say the Glorio blog does not endorse piracy or whatever, but I did not watch this on Crunchyroll, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's not watchable. It's just not like you, yeah. you, you should be, if you, if you do not understand enough Japanese to get by with just a raw, um, just yeah, don't it, watch this. It was not, it was, it was, it was a big, like detractor on enjoying the episode 
and you know I, I like I don't speak I feel like I've watched enough anime I don't speak Japanese but if you give me the machine translation I can understand I can understand it enough right and, right uh, so just sort of you know decades I, I of watching found anime. it so distracting that I just turned the subtitles off like <laughs> um, point so you know it's 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 really sad that you know as, as someone who's becoming an AI conspiracy theorist uh in in recent mm-hmm. the past year like I'm just like yeah. so upset by yeah, this I, I think like I, I as someone who works in a field that is very much at threat by this kind of type of stuff you yeah know, it's like I think you're going to see a lot of this in the future. You're going to see corporations testing the water, seeing what they can get away with, right? Yep. Like yeah. this time, they just threw a fucking raw machine translated subtitles into the yeah. wild to see the, what happened. The same, and like the same. Yeah. yeah, and like and like next time, you know, it might be machine translated with you know an underpaid editor, you know, combing yeah. through it. Like, yeah. and then they'll see if people accept that. Like, they will they will test the boundaries. They will like. Th- Especially a, a company like Crunchyroll, which is uh, unfortunately literally the only fucking game in town, like yep. Yep. and and extremely litigious at that. I will I, I can tell you also from yeah. um, <laughs> from certain dealings with them in the past <laughs> via work related oh, incidents. <laughs> yeah, no, it's and it's, yeah, uh, emails, but yeah. No, it's 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 unbelievably shitty, and I think like it's it's on people to like hold them accountable. You know, again, oh, there's not yeah. much any of us can do legally, but like, you know, yeah. at the very least, you know, you got to make some noise when this shit happens because, like, if they don't yeah. even see that much, they absolutely will go ahead with it if they think they can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll deal with it. They'll deal with like 20 people yelling on Twitter, and they don't give a shit. Watching yeah. anyway, they don't care. Yeah. Tezuka was right. Capitalism um, will, ruined everything. Um, <laughs> I, I will say on a, on, a, on a super quick tangent, even though I know we don't have time for tangents, but on a super quick tangent, um, it is not the only game in town as far as slice of life kind of shows go this season. Uh, I watched my new boss's Goofy late last night, and it is very good. Oh, oh okay. Like, yeah, I was going to watch that, so that's that's um, good. I didn't get and, uh, I didn't time and to watch I'm just going to give it a quick shout out now like you should you should you should watch it it's good okay. it's it's a good time I it, it warmed my cold dead heart even more than uh, using <laughs> than this one okay actually yeah it did in di- totally different ways but yes it did yeah so, cause I, I was going to check that out so maybe we'll the season talk about spread that out episode. enough yeah. that like we're going to have to talk yeah. about yeah, other it, new it, shows next time yeah. right like we uh, we yeah. you know we do not have for example spy family on this list even though that is yeah uh, back, that'll be right, that'll so. be next time yeah right yeah Okay, that sounds good. All right, let's talk about Bullbuster. Yeah, which I somehow missed in our preview show because I swear Annie Chart did not put it up on the thing. I, I swear it was not there when I was making my list. But I, I uh, did see it, and I considered bringing it up during the preview podcast. But I think you should have because because I mean we'll talk about whether they've actually accomplished their mission, but this sounds like it was written for you. So yeah, I yeah. So so Bullbuster is uh, basically a modern remake of the 1999 anime Die Guard, which we talked about extensively in our Evangelion podcast. Yes, go check that out. Yes, but yes, Die Guard, my 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 weird obscure mecha anime favorite that I'll never shut up about. But no, in all seriousness, so um. Yeah, Bullbuster kind of, you know, I'm not gonna say came out of nowhere. I I, I had seen previews for it leading up to its release, but uh, it's just yeah. it kind of just kind of you know it 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 
you know, it, um, how do we, you know, just kind of like sat there kind of slowly burning in the back. Right. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so Bullbuster is basically a mecha anime and a world in which like Kaiju have kind of started showing up, but you know, rather than, uh, I don't know, giving all of our money to an evil scientist or placing all of our faith in like six black obelisks, uh, Bullbuster <laughs> is the world in which in response to a Kaiju threat, um, is delegating the task to what appear to be uh, private pest control companies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and these pest control companies uh, deal with the kaiju with robots. But yes. uh, these robots are uh, uh, not not super advanced, right? They are uh, maybe are lower, a step Lower or technology, two. yeah. Yes, yes. They are at best a couple steps above construction equipment. You know, the, the, the titular bull buster is impressive because it can actually walk on two legs, which right. is uh, in and of itself considered a huge advancement. <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of it, it like, again, like Die Guard, it, it is kind of a mecha anime that is leaning into the sort of like real world logistical finance and le- logistical, financial and legal issues that would come up when operating you know, heavy machinery like a giant robot, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's about this, like, small company that, you know, this small pest control company that operates on this island where the kaiju are coming from, uh, you know, a, a a new sort of a... I don't know if he's a new hiree or if he's, like, technically he's being on loan from his, like, main corporation. I, think, I feel like he was, he was like, contracted. Yeah, like a contractor. Yeah, he's like a contractor. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, a, he's a contractor pilot for Bullbuster, um, mm-hmm. to to you know for for this small pest control company and you know the show kind of yeah yeah you know like a, a real deal mecha fan living out his dream except you know this is not Mazinger <laughs> this is not this is no Gundam <laughs> he he kind of felt like the like 2023 interpretation of the meatheaded uh, hot blooded mecha protagonist but like the 2023 version yeah like yeah. toned down a little and, bit for uh, modern sensibilities but right. He's still very but, uh, enthusiastic about piloting his But he still neck. gets to whip up his whip up his, his business attire and to reveal like the suit that the yeah his, his very like slick like, costume plug suit yeah 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 um but yeah like you know so yeah like, the show kind of leans very heavily into like you know the jokes about like working at a small business the hell that is working at a small business where yeah. you know every employee and you know all of their quirks. You know, it's you have the like, instructive manager, the hot-blooded old man, you know, the the girl who's kind of just trying to do her best as a clerk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's almost like part office the, comedy, part... The, uh, the HR guy was, was brilliantly handled. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, no, you, you can't, so can't launch a life. Can't launch to yeah. sign the contract. You have not yet. And, and if you... I'm sure even in any country it would be like a stereotype that would work, but especially in Japan, it right. was just like chef's kiss, like realism. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think my favorite part of that whole aspect was uh, when the printer breaks. Yeah, like, that's always that's oh, yeah, so, yeah. that was so real. Like as far as like they oh, have a right. very like it's a very like in their case that's almost borderline life and death situation, like time right. sensitive. But you know, any point, any job, and when you've got to like print something out, like in in the next, and get it to somebody in the next like ten minutes or something, of course, yeah. that's when the printer breaks, right? So like, yeah, yes, and, they, and they, there, there's a very good joke that Iro and I caught before it happened, where uh, on the calendar, 
there was a reminder on the calendar calendar to renew uh, their boating license, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. then and then right. the hoblet old man is like, "Shit, I forgot." <laughs> yep, we have to call in. The of course, it expired like of course expired like yeah. yesterday, right? Yeah. And they have to call in like the other employee who is presumably on their day off, but still has a valid boat license. <laughs> to, to right. Like, the only person that yes that that, uh, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about the nightmares of working for a small yeah. business. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, so it's, it's good, and like it, it does a lot to make up for the fact that like, you know, the kaiju fighting is doesn't look very good. You know. Yeah. It's not bad. I don't think it's that bad. It's not good, but I don't think it's terrible. So by the means. thing is, like, they are clunky, right? The mechs are intentionally clunky. They're designed by legendary mecha designer Junji Okubo who was kind of famous for these very grounded real robot designs that are very like heavily inspired by real world, like engineering and construction. Um, he is who I would say he is a mecha designer's designer. Um, uh, uh, people like me love this guy, but he's not actually like a household name. But um, I mean, he sounds and, like and the so right I, person for the job here though, right? Yeah, so, it, it, yeah. his designs are perfect for this type of show. But I guess the, the reason why I say it doesn't look great is because like, Okay, so to the closest example that I can come up with would be Godzilla Singular Point, right? Where right. you have fucking shit heap Jet Jaguar, like, clunkily slamming its claw into, you know, a kaiju. And I think that, like, despite that show being all CG, I actually really found the fights in Singular Point to be quite charming. Like, it was fun watching the slow, like, escalation of Jet Jaguar getting more and more competent as a kaiju fighting robot. Um... And I, I think I just think that at least the way it's directed, maybe like because you know, uh, Bullbuster is also in you know the the mechs and the kaiju are all CG, so that part it's like you know that's kind of just the reality of a show of a certain budget. You know, if you're not Gundam, you don't get 2D robot, uh, you know, yeah. uh, action. But um, I, I, I think the directing think, itself was also maybe a little, a yeah. little too clunky, even for my taste. Yeah, there was a lot of like cuts that were weird and like close-up shots that didn't really yeah. do any favors i for me i think the the kaiju themselves looked awful like both yeah uh, the kaiju art, art, is kind of bad like yeah. both art direction wise which they've they're just like a blob with legs right like yeah, they're not even like, like a... and also the you know the animation and the cg the 3d model everything looked really bad with that yeah. but it got the job done right yeah because here's the thing despite all that it's probably the show i'm the highest on this season like, yeah, uh, uh, me too so far, and 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 I did also really like the character designs. I will say, so I, I think, despite the the issues with the the fight scene in particular and the kaiju, I feel like that the art, you know, the production values are certainly not all bad. Yeah, um, everything even, else, you know, everything else looks good. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, like I, I said, Megan Dolly was my top one. This is probably like my next. It's it's, it's definitely a fun surprise to be sure. I uh, mm-hmm. I the, the thing I'm definitely looking forward to for this type of show is like, you know, because again, a big part of Die Guard, like the appeal of Die Guard was its combination of like it's sort of very like pure-hearted skewering of mechatropes. You know, like the one of the biggest joke jokes in Di- one of the most famous jokes in Die Guard is like, um, you know, Die Guard the titular like super robot in that show like 
rips its own arm off to do a rocket punch. Like, they don't right. have the engineering to do a real-world rocket they punch. just rip it off and throw it. All right. Yeah, and, like, then the pilot gets a heaping load of shit and bureaucratic red tape because everybody in the corporation is like, why the fuck did you do that? Do you know how much one robot arm costs? And he has to, like, write up, like, a giant stack of paperwork of, you know, just the most, like, s- typical Japanese bureaucratic bullshit, you know, writing, like, 50-page reports about, this is what happened during the fight, and this is why I ripped my own arm off to throw it at the kaiju. And, but but the thing is, like, despite all of that, like, sort of subversion, quote-unquote, Die Guard at its core is still a show that loves giant robots. It's still like, yes, these things are insanely impractical, no sane person would make one of these, but isn't it fucking cool that they exist? Isn't it awesome that (laughs) this thing is here to, like, protect the people from these monsters? Mm -hmm. And so the thing I'm kind of hoping to see with Bull Buster is obviously even more grounded than Die Guard, right? Especially the mech design. But I kind of want to see a similar, like, I, I want to see how they handle that balance of, like, bureaucratic red tape, the legal issues, you know, probably financial woes that come from, you know, running a small yeah. company, mm-hmm. doing what appears to be like, very niche, underappreciated yeah, like ne- work. Next and, episode, are they going to get a bill for, like, something they blew up or whatever? <laughs> right, right? And, exactly. Yeah. But also they contrast do, with, like... that school that they're going to go, that the kids hope to go back to at some point, I guess. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. right. And and I, I kind of want to see all that contrasted with, like, also, but these people are here to do a job, right? And they meet, they're, they're mm-hmm. going to do their best to stop these kaiju, you know, despite yeah. whatever, like, issues they run into. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, um, good. I've never I've never seen Die Guard, but I, it did remind me a bit of, um, like not in terms of the story or anything, but like the, the very practical kind of tech focus, like on, on planets. Um, oh, oh of, 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 yes, yes, definitely. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. That yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. These, yeah. These no, are not planets like magical. These are not like space yeah. magic type of, you know, this very, is like very grounded, very yeah. down to earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is machine. And I, I'm not, a, and yeah. I, I'm not normally a mecha fan, but I can really appreciate these kind of more like, yeah, extremely kind of practical application type of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Soup was good. I enjoyed it. All right. So <laughs> Yeah. Go go ahead, Iroh. Yeah, there's time. also there's the there's the one gag uh, early on where the guy is like uh I've gotten some I've got some ideas in my notebook for better engagement with the uh, Yes, yes. And uh yeah. The second page is just a bunch of logos that are logos of other mech shows. Yes, uh, yes, but, but of the with the company's uh, text. With yes, the, that, with the name that changed. Yeah. That was the scene in that episode that made me go, "Okay, this show is probably going to be fine." Yeah, <laughs> like, they, okay, this they, they understand. <laughs> they they understand the context of what they're operating. <laughs> yeah, in, right. But yeah, right. that was very good. Okay, let's wrap things up by talking about Under Ninja. I don't this know why a, you made this one the last talk one. About it. I it just the, talk about I was doing these in it. vaguely like, chronological order, and it just ended up happened to be at the end. Artemis. Yeah, Artemis. I'm just so confused. Uh, yeah. they, don't they don't really give you. They don't really give you a lot to go on. All you really kind of know it's 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 mo- ninjas secretly existing in modern day, and our main dude uh-huh. is like total bottom of the barrel buried in the dirt like at the bottom of the ninja totem pole right like <laughs> mm-hmm. he's a lowly <laughs> geenin 
Yeah, he's. I, just, I understand the story. I get. I I understand like the plot. I just don't understand anything else. So they made some very interesting directing choices for this first episode. Um, uh, they kind of. I, yeah, I go go ahead, G, because you probably understand okay, better what they so, were trying to do here. But yeah. As you say, the premise itself is actually not that hard to understand, right? As you say, modern ninjas living in Japan in the shadows. Uh, they've sort of infiltrated all levels of society, you know, from, you know, <laughs> from, yeah, like infiltrating schools to, you know, performing assassinations in, like, the Middle East and stuff, you know. It's 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 over the top in that way. But the anime makes the choice of jumping around a lot between different times in the story that yeah. mm. I think... So here's the thing. As a manga reader, I actually completely understand why they did this. But I think to somebody who's not familiar with the story, it's probably a little overwhelming. It's a little too much to like internalize at once. Like, you know, I didn't. Introduced... I didn't feel like it was helping anything no. by doing yeah. that. Yeah, like, like they 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 they're introduced meeting at the school. You know, fighting against this you know rival group of Ganguro ninjas, <laughs> and then it flashes back to like him getting the job while lazing about in his dead end apartment and drinking with his equally shitbag neighbors. Um, and then it cuts again to like right the the foreigner, or, or it cuts back to modern day, you know, leading up to the fight. Uh, we get the very good uh, phrase spoken out loud of uh, the dick slicing foreigner. Uh, yes, and then. And, and yeah, it's just like, so here's the thing. The, this is all to say, I think the reason they did this is because in the original manga, it's like seven chapters straight of Kuro in his apartment being a lazy dirtbag. And like... Right, which which you can almost, breeze through in, in manga form, but in an anime, right. it would be an awful and, first episode. <laughs> and I think the intent of Kengo Hanazawa, the author, was to intentionally create this sense of like tedium of drudgery in the daily life of this ninja because the whole you know this thing was introduced as a ninja manga like it was oh the creator of you know all these other manga you know is making a manga about shinobi and then the titular shinobi doesn't do jack fucking shit for like nearly a full volume right and and then the dick slicing foreigner shows up and it kicks into high gear. It goes. It turns into this utterly insane, violent, absurdist black comedy. Like, you know, right. and 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 then it escalates from there. You know, he fights the dick slicing foreigner, and then he goes to high school to fight the rival ninja clan, and then, you know, there's an orbital laser in the OP. I'll leave it at that. You know, like it's it's a really fucking crazy story, but it takes intentionally so kind of a long time to build up to it almost as if it wants to create intentional whiplash right but in anime form yeah so they were trying to throw some excitement into the first episode when chronologically in the manga there would be no excitement in the first episode right like that's kind of what they were in the first episode there wasn't excitement because the hyping up for a fight but then the fight never happened so there's still not any excitement yeah yeah i it's a choice. <laughs> it is a choice. I think, yeah, I think for better or worse, I think like the director is hoping that like, or, or the direction of the, of the, of the, of the first episode is like hoping to like dangle enough exciting things in right. front of you to like, keep your interest you go, enough. Right. right. Like Dick slicing well, foreigner. I got to hear that? more about yeah. that. <laughs> and <laughs> to be honest, um, I think that was enough for me. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. 
kind of similar to the other show, but in a different way. I do feel like this show made me feel nostalgic for like early to mid two thousands anime, including the weird cutting up the time frame presentation. Like, I feel uh, like that's something that like the oh arts, man, they... like the art style yeah. the presentation, the OP, which slaps by the way. Oh yeah. It's uh, a great OP. <laughs> um, like, like the whole attitude felt very like early two thousands to me. And that made me feel a certain mood that I think more than anything made me enjoy the first episode to a certain degree. But I also agree, like, it's kind of a mess. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's and, and I was very disappointed that we didn't actually get the fight started. Like, even just give it a couple seconds at the end. Like, right. Something. No, I agree. But, it's, it's a little it's a little odd. Um, and also, really, even, even the genre was confusing to me. Yeah. Like, it, like, is, is it is it meant to be comedy? Like, is it intentionally a black comedy or is it just like all incidental? Because I couldn't work it out. Yeah, this I think it is, is the. I think it's, I feel like it's great, probably intentional. Right? This is the difficult thing with with being a fan of Kengo Hanazawa's work is um, uh, he also is this wrote a question Boys that comes up often with him and, uh... and uh, I am a hero is uh, I mean it's it's very dry like it's it's he he has a very dry sense of humor is the way I'd put it right it's very incidental right it's like the jokes happen and then there's nothing like. There's no framework around it. There's no like spotlight on it. You know, in the way that comedy is often done sometimes, right? Where it's like, you know, sometimes when you tell a joke in anime, you sort of tee it up, right? Like you 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 put the spotlight on it. You kind of right. like wind up for the joke, and then the joke happens, and they kind of want you to like, you know, and lingers on it a little bit so that you laugh, right? Whereas like, how does that sense of humor is very much just like, so this insane thing just happened. Yep. And there you go. <laughs> that right. is the joke. And it's it's like I think I think it's definitely a it's definitely a, a taste thing to be sure. But um When when the jokes when the jokes worked for me, like and most of them did, they did land for me. They they were dumb and ridiculous and like in in I could see how some people might consider them in pretty poor taste, but for me they did work. But there right. were so many gaps between the jokes that I, mm, yeah. that I had to mm. second guess myself whether the jokes were even meant to be jokes in the first place or whether it was just like a really bad translation issue when someone was like, and this group, the rare enders. Like, <laughs> no, like, that's, 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 that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I could see, I kind of, and I think we kind of, also, I think G, you kind of described it as kind of black comedy stuff last time, so I kind of knew that going into it. But yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a weird first episode. Probably could have been tweaked a bit to make it better. But for me personally, I think it piqued my interest enough that I I want to see more of it. And I just like the vibes. Like this is my kind of like <laughs> you know right right dirtbag it's the kind of it's the black comedy type of thing right i I will i will accept it as a dirtbag black comedy it kind of reminded me of um weirdly welcome to the nhk oh Oh, yeah yeah. yes just that 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 vibe no you're totally right like yeah yeah i got you yeah because because when gel started saying it reminded him a lot of like the 2000s i I was I was literally trying to th- I was trying to name NHK in my head, but I couldn't. I was like, "What? What was that anime? What is the anime yeah. that is literally this?" That, yeah, that's probably kind of, where yeah. my brain was going as well. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with like that, that, that specific one. vibe of like 2000s sort of like 2000s nihilism, I guess. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was the movie yeah. I was getting, which mm-hmm. that alone was making me nostalgic. But uh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm 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 down for more of that. Whatever whatever's going on, I, um, I will I will watch more. I'm confused enough that I want to watch more to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. The second episode will help. I, I'm curious. I I kind of hope they don't keep jumping around. But if yeah, even this, if they this, don't, this something did annoy me. That that was annoying to me. Yeah. I must say. Uh, we'll we'll see if they actually explain that much more in the second episode. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's um, that is going to do it for this episode. Then for well, I'm sure there'll be more shows that we either didn't get a chance to watch or haven't aired yet, as we're kind of right in the the middle of anime apocalypse hitting us here for this season. Yeah. So, you know, we'll probably have some other shows to talk about and we'll see um, which of these shows is going to survive the three episode test by next episode. But all in all, I mean, there's even if I don't stick with all of these, like we had stuff to talk about, like there's just interesting things going on. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. So let's do our housekeeping. Uh, You can check out all of our written uh, opinions on these shows and more at the glorialblog.com uh, where, you know, we might get more in depth on some of these or, uh, you know, obviously we don't talk about every single show we watch because that would make this a four hour long podcast. So um, you can go check out those on the website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Glorio blog and on co-host at Glorio. Uh, Someday I will remember to post on there, but we're, we're still there. <laughs> um, and for the podcast, you can follow us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that notification bell, all of those good things. Uh, tell us if there's a show we missed that you're enjoying out there, of course, as always, or if you have opinions on any of these other shows and uh, you know tell your friends and tell your enemies we'll catch everybody next time <laughs> <laughs>